With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Redcasters, be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to be notified about our latest videos. Go Big Red. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Boomer. Well, I know you see the four of us here. Uh, we did want to invite Redcast Honky onto the show tonight. However, we discussed as a committee, and we felt although his body of podcast work was great this year, the, the hangnail he suffered uh, following the Maryland game, he's just not the same podcaster he was. So, unfortunately, he you know, won't be joining us tonight. Yeah, it's uh, not the most deserving, Boomer. It's the best four at the time. And exactly. Redcast Honky just is not a very good podcaster right now. And no somehow spaces, I'm right? still here. I mean, that's an indictment on Red Gas Honky at this present moment. Um, before I get to, to, to Red Gas Rob, I got Talon on. What's up, Talon? How you guys doing? I'm glad to be back. Yeah, yes. Talon, you know, I, I don't want to talk too much. You had a little bit of a, this is a classic uh, Nebraska college kid story where you're going back to your hometown, a little bit of an accident uh, on a road, and uh, you got a little, little dinged up yourself, right? Yeah, just a little bit. Came away with only a concussion, you know, somehow very, very fortunate and lucky. I don't I don't know how, but yeah, I've seen so, some uh, of the pictures of the car and it, it it got the worst of it, apparently. So I first I want to help him out though, too. The way to do this next time is be like, I'm really glad to be back after being in the per- concussion protocol for the last two <laughs> oh, months. You know, like that we are in a, a football, we are a football podcast for the most part. So you're supposed to like, you know, you could have like been like I was in, but in your in your defense, you were, did have a concussion, so it, it's probably hard for you to come up with that. Yeah, I'm still. I think I'm still recovering a little bit. I'm a little slower than I used to be, so it's it's kind of difficult. You're, you're still faster than Rob Town. That's okay. Yeah, that's absolutely. not that's not a that's not a compliment, David. That's not a compliment. <laughs> hey, I'm in the best shape I've been in since I was like 25 years old. Oh, so. I've heard it all the time, Rob. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm also with Redcast Rob, obviously. Well. You know, after much discussion with the No Block, No Rock and the Gen Red podcast, um, it was announced on Twitter this week. I have decided to stay with the Go be entering the transfer portal. Um, you know, the, the Rob, uh, you NIL, know the NIL, no NIL money here for you. Well, know. see, that's the thing, though, is that I am now officially sponsored by Aloe Fiber. So <laughs> none of you are, but. They True. they're actually officially paying me now. So you know, Redcast Rob brought to you by Aloe Fiber. You you could say that that's a sponsorship. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, it's them being kind. You know, that's 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 good. So, um, can I do our housekeeping stuff? Speaking Dave? of sponsors, go ahead, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, we'd like to thank our sponsors at Alumni Hall. Make sure to get all of your 
Husker gear in the off season, all of your Christmas presents through all of the wonderful sales that they're having right now. Um, Hanukkah too, if that's your, if that's your jam, like it is for me, I get both Hanukkah and Christmas. So, <laughs> Double and uh, they have two locations. Uh, one is on P street in downtown Lincoln. And the other is at the South point pavilions uh, just on the other side of Barnes and Nobles. So please make sure to go check them out. Also our friends over at smack and smooch, Laura and Shane, they do all of our red cast gear for us. They do a fantastic job. They can also do all of your gear for you. If you want to contact them for a corporate event, a family reunion, if you guys are just taking a trip to Disneyland and you want to have them print up some shirts for your family, like all those other stupid families. Did you do that, that Rob? No, we bought our own. <laughs> Yeah, okay. we bought them. We did not have somebody print them up for us, and they were all right. Halloween-themed and actually licensed Disney paraphernalia. Um, and then finally, guys, this is going to be kind of a longer one here, but I just want to remind everybody about the Team Jack Foundation that is currently funding 13 projects and collaborating with national institutions such as the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, the Memorial Sloan Kettinger Cancer Center, and Columbia University. Uh, to date, they've raised over $12 million in counting, finding better treatments for kids fighting brain cancer and hopefully a cure. Um, and why? It's because the treatments currently used are 45 plus years old and super, super toxic for these kids. Most of them, even when they survive cancer, end up with lifelong um, uh, deficits due to their toxic treatments. So um, I don't know how many of you have had a loved one or a family member, and I'm sure most of you have. Uh, it's a terrible thing. My dad is a cancer survivor. Uh, he has neuropathy in both his feet, which means he has no feeling there. He, can, he can't see out of one eye. He's blind in the other. His hearing's completely gone. And that's all after cancer treatment. So, you know, Team Jack is trying to make sure that these kids don't live their entire lives like this. Um, and one of the largest projects is at the University of Nebraska Medical Center for them and uh, the creation of Nebraska Childhood Brain Tumor Program. So, you know, if you ever want to donate money to a good cause, and especially today, today is Colorado Gives Day. So this is very appropriate. You know what, Nebraskans, you may not want to give to any Colorado uh, charities, but feel free to go on and throw some cash uh, Team Jack's way because uh, let me tell you what, the work that they're doing over there is absolutely fantastic, and I cannot speak to it enough. That's awesome, Rob. Great, great read there. Uh, is there a Nebraska Gives Day, Boomer? Yeah, is there such a thing termed in Nebraska? No, I think we chose Arbor Day over that when it came down to. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. Is, so. It's kind of cool though here in Colorado, or at least in Greeley. So what we did, uh, my rotary, ten hours on the radio today, and fifteen minute segments for all the different. Uh, nonprofits that exist here in Weld County, Colorado is pretty cool. So they got to come on and do a 15 minute pitch for why you should donate to their cause. And it was 10 hours. Were on you radio. on? Um, I was not, I'm training for my new job with, with, oh, uh, with okay. aloe fiber right now. And so I couldn't get away. I, I didn't this. hear that. I didn't know Rob. Yeah. I just started uh, yesterday. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So it's uh, I may be out in Lincoln sometime doing some training and uh, hopefully they send All me right. to Arizona too. Cause I may have to bring my golf clubs for that. Yeah, no kidding. All right, guys. Well, um, we took last week off. Um, and I know Rob's got a great show set up next week. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll, we'll 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 have a couple shows here to get ready for a bowl season. Um, but um, before we talk about the bowls, which we will talk a little bit about it, um, even though Nebraska is not in it, um, we'll talk uh, college football playoff. We'll talk about the restructuring of the entire. Uh, college football landscape um the announcement today of ncaa proposal boomer i'll let you uh, cover that a little bit uh but before we get there 
Um, well, let's um, talk a little bit about Transfer Portal. And let's uh, throw up the scarlet colored glasses real quick here and talk all things uh, Nebraska football. And yes, it is portal season. That's the name of the show. And uh, it is uh, a wild out there. Uh, portal opened up yesterday, I don't know, at 8 a.m. or whatever. Um, and we're taking a deep dive into it. And I think Matt Rule and uh, Marcus Satter Satterfield are, are ahead of us. Uh, already been in the living rooms of Will Howard, uh, former K-State starting quarterback that actually took over for, for Adrian Martinez when he got banged up last year and performed quite well. Um, looking at uh, Sam Levitt, a quarterback at Michigan State, who um, played a little bit this year. And then most recently, just a few hours ago, supposedly, uh, Satterfield was in um, uh, Columbus, Ohio. Is it Kyle McCord? Um, Boomer. Um, you know, Matt Rule made a lot of media headlines earlier this week. Um, or last week when he said that, uh, you know, a top flight quarterback in the portal is going for one, 1.5, 2 million. Um, some people have refuted that, but uh, Cam Ward is supposedly has at least eight offers of over a million. So at least a few quarterbacks may be at that price tag. Um, what do you think uh, Rule was trying to advertise when he uh, had that quote? And do you think we're going to pay that much? Uh, that's a good question, Dave. I, th I think maybe there was a little bit of advertisement, you know, behind all that, you know, just kind of saying, well, here's what, you know, we think we would pay for a quarterback. And maybe it was a little snide way to get kind of around, uh, you know, coaching isn't supposed to directly yeah. be involved with an IL. I, I thought it was know. brilliant. Yeah. So that, that could be that could be what he did there. So, yeah, and it is interesting just kind of seeing the, the quarterbacks they have pursued. I, I don't know if anyone would have expected you know, to go after you know, McCord quite like that. Um, you know, especially since he's got more of a reputation as kind of the drop back passer, but, uh, you know, could he does raise one of those this year, honestly. Well, yes, we could have, <laughs> but it, you know, in terms of mobility, he's certainly not what you'd ask for a running quarterback at all. Just from no, what I've seen of no. him. Stats, nor nor not... was Spencer Rattler and Satterfield no. took him at South Carolina. So. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it is interesting just to see the names that they're, you know, being associated with. And there has been some, you know, more steamed that, you know, McCord talk. I know Steve Sipples posted more on that. So he seems to think there's a lot, a lot of potential or possibility there. So it, it is interesting just to kind of see what directions they're going with quarterbacks and what that might say for what their offensive plan is going forward next season. I know that was always something people wanted to know kind of what the hell is our offense doing this year. And maybe this will give you a better idea of what exactly they really want to run when it comes to what, what quarterback are they looking to bring in? So yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Talon, um, it's crazy season right now, right? I mean, I have no idea how many people, how many players will actually get from the portal, but it definitely definitely seems that we're going to get at least one quarterback, maybe two. Um, and there's two different profiles out there, right? I think you've got the Will Howard and Al McCord. Uh, there's others like uh, DJU or Cam Ward that fit the QB1 mold, right? They are transferring with expectations of starting. They're also transferring probably to play one year and try to increase their NFL stock and, and, and move on. Um, and then you have others um, like Aiden Childs who uh, leave Oregon state and, and, um, and uh, uh, more from UCLA young guys, lots of potential five stars leaving after one year, essentially, um, uh, or maybe a four star like Sam Levitt who might still be a little bit more development oriented um, do, do you favor one over the other right now for Nebraska? 
I don't I don't think it's so early on right now. I don't think you can favor one in particular, but I think it kind of goes back to the I, style wise, I guess. Style like, wise. You, I mean, you like you like the one and done, or do you like the three in development? Well, it almost I think you could I wouldn't be opposed to the one year. I mean, obviously you do the three year, but how much do we believe in in the, the freshman coming in with with Kalen, right? I mean, yeah. how much how much potential do we see in him to maybe let him you know, sit for a year and, and let him, you know, kind of get his, his roots dug in here in, in Nebraska and, and things like that. And at UNL, I should say. Um, so I, I wouldn't be opposed to the one year, um, one year quarterback, but kind of, kind of going back to the Kyle McCord situation. I mean, that's kind of what we had kind of talked about in the off season that rule rule kind of wanted to run. He didn't want to run all this, all this quarterback run game. I mean, he kind of wanted to let the run game be the running backs. And and if we have to run yeah. it with the quarterback, we'll do it. I didn't think, I don't think he foresaw, you know, our leading, one of our <laughs> leading rushers being our, our quarterback. Yeah. Right. So yeah. or all uh, the injuries. Um, yeah. I mean, we were decimated. So, yeah. um, and maybe that's, I think that was a big problem with maybe getting Sims. Cause I don't think, I don't know if they just didn't watch enough tape on him or they, they believed in him too much. Um, but I, I don't think Sims was maybe what they thought they were getting when they got him. Um, I think Kyle McCord yeah. would fit um, um, Satterfield's offense perfectly really. Cause I, he wants, he wants all those reads and, and things like that. And he, he's coming from, from Ohio state where they're running a complex offense with Ryan day and, and they're trying to get it to their guys in, in open space and, and get it to to Mar- a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. So I, I would I think Kyle McCord would fit very nicely where we can hand it off to the the three running backs we're going to have playing for us next year. Yeah, and I, and McCord could scramble a little bit, you know, and right. maybe you know do some. I mean, heck, I mean, look at all the NFL quarterbacks that will will run for four or five yards, right? You know, I mean, he's not going to break it like 55, like Chubbo or 75, like Heinrich probably. No. Right. But I mean, he's an athlete, right? Well, and they uh, actually, Rob, they, I mean, they, they looked at Blake Shapin too from Baylor. They went yeah. To talk to no, him, I think so. Shapin's definitely a, a, a fallback. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll, let's talk about it for just one second. Then I'll throw it to you, Rob. Um, I mean, Shapin is someone who probably, I, 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 the years are so confusing at this point, right guys. But I think Shapin probably was recruited by rule. Um, yeah. that far ago, right? Uh, and uh, yeah. he, I actually led Baylor in Aranda's first year to win the Big Twelve Championship. He doesn't have like crazy numbers, but he has a good TDI-INT ratio. He definitely can sling the ball. Um, he does run a bit, uh, and he's got all that experience, right? I mean, he he's he's been banged up at times, but um definitely not a, a a bad backup plan or something like will Howard and Kyle McCord um doesn't come come through rob w- what are your thoughts right now well so just kind of going back and reevaluating everything that we saw this year and man the season just kind of flew by i will say that. and so it just had to do with I, I i don't know if anxiety is the right word to use but with me it is and and but Guys like McCord seem to make sense to me, mostly in that, like, what I feel like we could have seen, if that makes sense, with the way that they're recruiting, like, the wide receivers they're recruiting, the guys, like, um, I mean, God, how good did those freshmen look towards the end of the year? I mean, I realized that they didn't have a ton of yards and they didn't have a ton of catches, but then again, you have to consider who was throwing them the ball, right? But, like, sure, you know, it, so I think that, 
I'm I'm really interested to see the kind of guy they got because two talents point, which Talon, I, I love it when you when you when you make those kind of points is that yeah, he wanted the running game to be the running game, not the quarterback to be the running game, which you know really only leaves one other option, which is a, a quarterback that maybe Dave, you're right, can can run when he needs to, but for the most part, we need a guy that can sit there, get to like a two, three count in the pocket and throw the ball downfield or you know drop it off to, to, you know, you know, to, to like a tight end over the middle or something, something like that. And I mean, that's kind of what I saw this offense as being, it just never mm-hmm. got there this year. Right. Like yeah. these quarterbacks were kind of like run first throw second in a lot of ways. And it just didn't allow a lot of these plays to develop. So. Mm-hmm. Well, if you kind of look back at the first couple of games, I mean, it kind of looked like that's what they wanted Sims to do was try to make all those reads and it, it just, Obviously, the Minnesota game is a great example where yeah. they they had him throwing aggressively yeah. down the field, and he yeah. just he couldn't make those reads that we needed him to make. And then you nope. you look like at the the Har- Harburg situation where how many times did we watch Fedoni run over the middle and Harburg just absolutely overthrow him or throw him too short or throw him behind him and it, and it gets right. intercepted or it's it's a dangerous pass. Okay, now you're just depressing me. <laughs> well, I mean, like was, what? Yeah, I mean, so like. <laughs> Well, it, as, as Vegas Jerry says, we always win win the off season. We've already started that, so let's not think about last season's failures. We're gonna win the off season, and I think you know. I mean, look, I tell you right now, if we get Kyle McCord or Will Howard, that would be winning the off season because that's a. Even though Kyle McCord maybe isn't up to the the expectations of Ohio State, who has C.J. Stroud and Justin Fields, you know, and in recent memory, but it would be a huge upgrade for us and with Kyle McCord. I think you can you can paint a picture next year of having a successful season. I mean, it's not that he's going to be perfect, right, or go in the Heisman for us, but from making the reads, making the throws, he's got an arm. Um, uh, you know, I think that that's something. I, you, you, we need the offensive line to develop, and we need running backs to get healthy. Maybe we do get one transfer running back. Um, Wide receiver wise, we've got a, a you know a JUCO guy potentially out there. Maybe we get one transfer. I believe um, uh, Fleming from Ohio State, Marcus Fleming, I believe. I, I can't remember if that was that our Fleming or their Fleming, but uh, the Fleming at Ohio State is also in the transfer portal. Maybe McCord and him are a a, a combo deal, right? You know, um, but I, I think what we have in our favor this year, opposed to last year, besides the timing thing, right? We didn't even have. When did Rule get hired last year, Boomer? About about this time, right? Right after Iowa. Right about yeah, it was pretty close. Right after Iowa. Yeah, so, yeah. So he was, I mean, he was definitely behind the eight ball there, and he took the flyer on Jeff Sims. We can debate all day long whether that was bad evaluation, et cetera. But I mean, if you look at the the rankings last year of the transfer portal, I think Jeff Sims was somewhere around fourteen or fifteen, something like that, in the quarterback portal. This year, right now, I'm looking at 24-7 sports. The number 14 QB in the portal right now is DJU. Um, do you think Jeff Sims and DJU are comparable? Um, I, I, I think DJ is a better quarterback than Jeff Sims ever was. Uh, Grayson McCall is the 13th best quarterback right now in the portal. Grayson McCall uh, is like a seventh-year guy who has a TD to INT ratio of 88 to 14. Um, sure, he's played in the system down there, but uh, – you want someone with experience and we've seen a lot um, and, and can run the ball. Some Lord Grayson McCall might still be on the list, right? There's a lot of quarterbacks out here um, that have potential to be 
an upgrade for Nebraska, right? And and I do think maybe there's a chance to get 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 two of them if we want to have a developmental player and a one and done. Boomer. No, I think that's probably a good approach is that you, you do need both of those. I just think just with the nature of our current quarterback room, I think you do have to have somebody that to fill in next year that probably can start right away. I know we've talked with hockey. He wants to make sure there's a, you know, quarterback competition, you know, next year with everybody. And that's fair. But I also think, you know, with the quarterback market, what it is now, if you can get somebody who can come in and play right away, I think you can take that chance, especially for next season. If, if you're trying to be that developmental program, you know, you've got Kalen coming in. I don't, think you want to start him as a true freshman yet but uh you know just bide some time just keep building up that offensive side of the ball and i think that might it would make sense to bring somebody like that in especially you know i think next year you you want to make a you want to maximize your chance of making a bowl next year because another year of not making a bowl would not do your program any favors it would not do your developmental end of it any favors um agreed yeah and certainly you know we had a lot of you know, it's it's been good this year just with the players we've had. We've had very few portal entries. Uh, Apple Cat, I think, was the only scholarship player so far that I've noticed so that entered. Far. So that's been something. Um, and I guess that's a question I'd have for you guys. Do you feel more confident in the season next year with so few people transferring or leaving the program? Does that set your bar higher for what you expect out of next season? Or is it about the same? Or what do you think on that? I mean, I, I'm going to say that it White stayed, which helped. You know, I think that helped everybody's prognostication. Mm-hmm. But what about the, the team itself? I, I would say it sets it higher for me because, because again, everything that rule preaches is that he's a developmental coach. Right. And so obviously he's got a bunch of kids that are buying into that right now. I mean, the kids that have left are the ones that are going to the NFL. And I mean, other than that, we're, we're kind of sitting pretty from, you know, avoiding a bunch of kids transferring out. Um, I mean, fortunately we're not anything like Colorado where, you know, everybody is transferring out at this point, including their, <laughs> including their coaches, apparently. So, I mean, that's, that's uh, kind of where they're at, but I mean, it's, it, I have every expectation next year that, that he needs to make a bowl. I mean, I, I just, yeah, like, no, yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, and it's regardless I don't know how, of who the quarterback is really, right, Rob? Yeah, it, it is regardless of who it is. And, but hopefully we get one or two guys in there and hopefully the 1890 initiative is stepping it up big right now. I don't care if they don't pay an NIL to another kid on the team, as long as they get them, get us at least one quarterback, two would be really nice. And with Kalen coming up, Kalen seems to fit the mold of what they're looking for, you know, in that, in that regard too. And he's familiar with some of these wide receivers that are again, local kids, they're Nebraska kids on the field. You know what I mean? Doss, Malachi. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are two kids that are, and, And those they, they grew up together, all of them really playing playing against each other the whole time. We and, do have have some talented, you know, freshmen yeah. that could be coming in right out of Bellevue West. If even if Danny Kalen doesn't start right away, his no. wide receivers might actually have a, a contribution. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and um, Rule loves playing freshmen. We learned that this year, and it's a beautiful yeah. thing. Where, yeah, I, I mean, I I do think that generally speaking, like. I do think Rule wants to make sure that the the players that earn earn money on the field gets gets that money through NIL, like Ty Robinson. I really hope that Ty Robinson got a a, a pretty penny for staying an extra year, uh, and that's where I think Rule wants to prioritize NIL uh, just as much as bringing people in with NIL is keeping a, a player another year or making sure he doesn't leave uh, to anywhere else. Um, but when you have an opportunity to upgrade a quarterback 
Um, and and in reality, is I, I I still don't think Jeff Sims will be here next year. Maybe he he sticks around, I guess, but it seems unlikely. In reality, is you got to have at least one to replace that position, which would be kind of the Kyle McCord type spot. And then you're you're really missing someone in the gap there between Purdy, Harburg, and then an incoming Kalen. You would would typically want someone like Sam Lovett in that that position. I mean, so it, it makes makes sense. Yeah, here's a question from. Oh, I was just gonna. When does the read season start? Go, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's uh, and he's asking if we bring in two quarterbacks, a uh, day one starter and a developmental guy. What does that look like for our other developmental players like Purdy and Harburg at this point? Where do they fall in? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if we have a, a a day one starter, I mean, a I think Rule will tell everyone, hey, look, you're gonna have to compete for it. And I think Kyle McCord or Will Rogers be or Will Howard would be like okay, I think I'm going to win, right? I mean, I don't think they're going to be afraid of anything there. Um, at the same time, someone like Sam Levitt, who is when, – when Sam Levitt was uh, a, a senior in high school just last year, Chubba Purdy was starting a game for us last year, right? And Chubba Purdy started a game at Florida State in 2020 against NC State, Sam Lovett was a sophomore in high school in Oregon, right? Um, Chubba Purdy's 20, going to be 23, I think, starting next year, for goodness sakes. I mean, he, he might be okay with Kyle McCord being one year ahead of him, uh, but, I mean, he'll want a, uh, an opportunity here uh, real soon. Now, I don't know what that injury looks like and what type of surgery he's going to have to take, um, but... I, I think he might be more understanding with Kyle McCord beating him out. I think he thinks he'll beat Sam Lovett out. Let's put it that way, right? Henrik Harburg, I don't know what his perception is. Maybe he um, really is going to stick with the quarterback situation in Nebraska. Totally see him doing that because he knows the attrition and the injuries, and he might get another crack at this. Maybe he does see a, a future in football as an H-back or a tight end and, and sees that as a way to the NFL because he's very athletic. Maybe he wants to be a quarterback uh, sooner, and he he feels like he's got enough on tape that he could get a max scholarship or something. I I don't know. That's uh, all a really good question, but he doesn't have, seem. Again, we're all just projecting here. That does he have as high of a ceiling as Chubba Purdy? Um, it doesn't seem that way to me. I don't know. I mean, I he mean, runs the ball like a running back. Uh, I'll give him that. You know, he's a great straight line runner. He's at oh huge, my God, crazy yeah. speed, right? Like like maybe he, does, he doesn't. Doesn't have lateral. Quickness. No, maybe I can ask Rex next week if he thinks that Harvard would be a good fullback. <laughs> six <laughs> six five fullback. Be I mean, you know, the kids are just getting bigger and stronger and faster these days. What are you going to do? So. I guess the thing that worries me with the Kyle McCord quarterback competition is, isn't that why he left Ohio State? Because Ryan Day didn't promise him the the quarterback position next year, the starting the starting role. Yeah, it, it might have been it. Would, it might have been more worded more strongly. Right? I that mean, they felt like I already had someone in in queue that that I mean maybe he took that as a, a clear indication that they wanted somebody else. Sorry, look, I mean, somebody, we want a lot of people abuse. We can want someone who towards beats too, who beats yeah, Michigan. Yeah. One at a time, one at a time, guys. Yeah, Rob, you go first, then boom. Well, I was just gonna say they want somebody who can beat Michigan. I guess. Is, well, yeah, that's a Stroud, and yeah. he didn't do it. So. Yeah. 
I know. You beat the Broncos, but not Michigan. Boomers. <laughs> no, I was going to say that was about the the similar thing. I, I, he took a lot of abuse online this year from uh, Buckeye fans, and I just angry about his performance in that Michigan game. And I could see, you know, wanting to change the scenery after something like that. I wouldn't blame a guy. So. Yeah, he threw two INTs. He, I mean, his stat line, 3,100 yards, um, a, a really good TD-INT ratio, like five or six to one. Um but, I mean, Ohio State, uh, the offense was down this year, and and they ultimately, you know, didn't win the game that they're supposed to win. So um, how does that factor into play with how much harassment he would take coming here if he doesn't play well in a couple of games or he goes to Iowa and doesn't play well, you know? So, I mean, yeah, how, well, you got you to gotta have thick skin at, at the quarterback position because you don't play well. I mean – it, it's Ohio State. You went to Ohio State knowing their quarterback history. If you really, you know, you got to believe in yourself a little bit more. To you know, that's that's on. why I, Talon, I, I I get you there totally, hundred percent. I mean, I think just by having the experience of being the quarterback at Ohio State, that toughens them up for being the quarterback in Nebraska more so than other transfers. I mean, Casey Thompson is another good example who who handled Texas. that transition just fine, right? Because he came from Texas. I, maybe Jeff Sims wasn't the same thing. Um, again, I think maybe Ryan Day behind closed doors were, were, was more direct about his his status, right? That they maybe already have someone like a Cam Ward already already earmarked. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I'm not saying Kyle McCord's perfect, and he definitely – it's not like getting C.J. Shroud or Justin Fields, right? He didn't perform as well as those two quarterbacks in Ryan Day's system over the last you know five years. But compared to what we've seen – not just last year, but even over the last several years, um, he seems to take care of the ball better. He can make all the throws. Um, I, I, it, it's still an upgrade, right? Yeah. I, mean, I would say thing to Will Howard. We're talking about Kyle McCord. I don't know. I mean, I mean, Will Howard, to Boomer's point, more mobile. Doesn't have quite uh-huh. as good of a stat line, but um, seems to be – Definitely a winner. Um, I really like what he did at K-State. I like the K-State offense. I'd like to see us run more like that. Um, I think he's highly desired by by others, too. So I, I'm not oh, yeah. not opposed to Will Howard either. <laughs> no. no yeah, it's definitely one work season. Here. There's a lot of options out there and a lot of quarterbacks. Maybe that pulls the, the market value of them down a little bit. You know, supplies outstripping demand. Yeah, Who knows? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, so I'll just I'll, let's finish this off with I'm just going to run down a list here from 24-7 of all the quarterbacks in the portal. You guys tell me stop when you're like, I would definitely take take that guy, all right? I was going to say, I'll be back in 20 like minutes. Draft. When, okay. I'll be back in all 20 right. minutes when you're done. I mean. I, I think you take about anyone, so, really. So we'll, we'll, no, you only get to say it once. So we, we only get four names you're going to throw out there, all right? So uh, this is just from the top of the list, too, so. Number one on the list right now is uh, Aiden Childs, who hasn't played at all at Oregon State, likely going to Michigan State. Uh, Dante Moore, UCLA guy. Don't Stop. know where he's going. I'll, I'll take, take Dante that, Moore. Yeah. I'll take Dante Moore. Okay, right. so he played quite a bit through some INTs this year as a young quarterback in Chip Kelly's system, but you like Dante Moore's potential. Five-star Dante. guy that is off the, off the roof potential-wise. Uh, Cam Ward. Yeah, Will Howard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an option out there. I I would not hesitate to bring him on. Yeah, he's got a guy someone who I really like that doesn't seem to be an option. He's already going to Notre Dame. Riley Leonard. That would have been a great fit. Again, to your point, if they do want to run the quarterback, and a great competitor seems like Riley Leonard. 
Brock Vandergiff, who uh, Boomer was either the one who said they're just making up names for black yeah, guys. Yeah, maybe come up with somebody on your, you know, yeah, your EA right. sports game. You know, yeah. here's one that's interesting. I'm intrigued to see where he goes, and he's like another one of these six year guys, Daquan Finn, who's had a lot yeah. of success at Toledo. Oh. Yeah, really he's a, he just ended the day, I think. Didn't he in the portal? Yeah. I think, yeah that's so a, that's, that's a, I think he'll get it, some attention from some programs. I watched Toledo a little power bit. Five. Yeah. Yeah, they were good. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Gabriel's back out there. Um, Oklahoma's moving on, I guess. Um, I hear maybe Oregon. I don't know. Uh, McCord's the next after that. Will Rogers, uh, Mississippi Will State. I'm, I'm, there's buzz about him going to Washington, maybe. Tyler Van Dyke was uh, one of the early entries, um, more yep. of a traditional dropback quarterback. Had some success early at Miami. Uh, Mac, uh, Max Brosmer is the guy from uh, New Hampshire that's already committed to, to Minnesota. Uh, right after him was Grayson McCall. I'd be a Grayson McCall fan. I yep. think he's a hell of a competitor down there. DJU, Nate Johnson out of Utah. I don't know why that guy's transferring. He just started there, it feels like, and had lots of potential. Cam Rising's um, coming back. Yeah, just Nate ever get to play. Again, I know. Wait, for a coming year back, or whatever. Coming back again. Jeez. Um, uh, the UNLV quarterback is in, Jade Maeva. Curtis Rourke from Ohio. Um, oh, so there's some, some Nebraska guys still on that coaching staff, obviously. And Curtis Rourke's just a winner down there at Ohio. I mean, that's, that's a heck of a player. So a lot, a lot of a lot of good names there, I'll be honest with you. So hopefully we get one or two. I mean, honestly, for me, McCord makes the most sense only because he has experience against the Big Ten competition as it is already. So it's more yeah. of, you know, it's I don't want to call it a lateral move because I don't want anyone to say I'm comparing Nebraska to Ohio State, but it's still within the Big Ten. And it would just be beautiful if, to see him out there performing against sure. the Big Ten talent again. So that's just that's my feeling. You, you said pick one. That's my pick. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, he's on the on the board. So. All right, um, lots of stuff to talk about, and that took us like 30 minutes. Good job, guys. Um, but college football playoff. Rob, how pissed off are you? Well, I mean. Just a sigh. That's all, all I, you can mutter I, at this point. Oh, yeah. I was, oh, yeah. I was actually, it's weird. I was like, I don't even, I was like illogically like angry. Like it made no sense why I was so mad about Florida State not making the playoff. But I was angry, and and I think Honky, and I, I wish he could be here, and I know he's doing some family stuff tonight, and and you know, and and he's just kind of like taking a step back for it all, you know, he's taking some personal time and and whatnot. But um, for me, I would have to say that um, I think for me it was just kind of like signified what looks to be the dying game of college football at this time i mean to say a 13 and 0 acc team isn't good enough to get into the college football playoff but 11 and 1 alabama who already lost to a team that they could potentially be playing in the championship game like it just i mean for lack of a better way to put it and if i had to believe it's bull beep so i mean that's that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. I'd, and and now I'm just getting angry again. So I'll, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Boomer, um, to, to Rob's point, I mean, like, it, it, you know, I guess when when it got announced, I mean, you were like, oh, they're going to try to justify to put two SEC teams in there. And I'm like, they're not going to do that. Uh, but to your point, I think you tried to, to go in with as negative of a, of a 
of an outcome as possible, so you weren't so so pissed off. Uh, I mean, I was I was I don't know about pissed off. I was a little surprised that they did it um, because they had never done it before, right? I mean, they have not put a undefeated Power Five champion in the fourteen playoff. They let um, TCU in last year, and they got boat raced in the championship game. I mean, well, they made the championship game, Rob. Right, I mean, they made the championship game. I yeah, but, but I, mean, yeah. I think that's actually makes the argument of why you should put Florida State in, or same thing with Ohio, yeah. Ohio State won with their I'm third team quarterback. Florida State was it, a better team than TCU was last year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Opinion. And uh, but I, like, I guess that's I'm not even talking about better or worse at this point. Is that we we've known for a long time that technically speaking, how they've defined their criteria and was in it was defined for them, I guess, was that they're supposed to find the four best teams, not the four most deserving. And I think this was the first time that we really saw that come to fruition. And I think it it's angered a, a, a fraction of the college football fan base because ninety eight percent of them, yeah, you know, minus the SEC, I guess. Right. I don't know if that's 98 percent, Rob, but to your point, um, a large portion of it, because, I mean, Florida State, they did everything they are supposed to do as a power five champion, supposedly with a, a, a conference that should have enough strength of schedule. They went and beat two SEC teams non-conference on the road. And um, and because of their quarterback being injured, uh, they aren't allowed to compete for the national championship. And that's under perception, right? Like they are perceived by that committee as not being able to compete for a national champion. Where TCU last year, to Rob's point, I guess in some weird way, um, proved they were they were able to beat Michigan in the semifinal and get to the championship game, right? Um, it, 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 I, I remember, I don't know how many years ago, Michigan State. I can't remember if it was the year they were, got to the playoff or one of the earlier years where they were pretty good and i was sitting there um talking to some sparty fans at a at a bar late in the season and they had one loss and and they were concerned about like hey we're we're, we're probably not even going to get a get a chance to get in and i'm like well the reality is is like if you just go undefeated as a power five you, you'll you'll definitely get in they'll never keep you out right well that I can't say that any longer because they've done it. They've kept out a power five undefeated champion. Uh, Talon, your thoughts. Uh, uh, this is kind of right up, right up my alley. Um, I saw you bite and you're ready to go. So I'm like, uh, I mean, it's, it's, you, you can't compare any other year to this year because there's really never been a year like this besides maybe the first year, maybe. Yeah. Yep. Um, last year, you can't compare the TCU because Ohio State got in without a without a championship, just like TCU. Yeah, and TCU it was more was like a default bid because they just didn't have right. This yeah. year we have had seven teams that you could make an argument for. And and you want to go back to the Ohio State bid? Well, they went into the Big Ten championship game and beat a Wisconsin team fifty nine to zero. There's yeah. the, you you can't just compare years. You have to look at context and everything. This year. I don't. I don't know how anyone can sit here and look at FSU right now and Alabama. I, I. I would love to have seen FSU in. I. I am a big Alabama hater. I. I don't like them, but they're a better football team. They beat the number one team in the country, and they kind of dominated the number one team in the country. I don't. They trailed in the first quarter so, and then the rest of the game. To be clear, Talon, you you agree with the criteria that they need to find the four best. 
Because I, I don't disagree with you. If you want to say that Alabama is a better team right now than Florida State, I don't I, I'm not gonna sit here and argue with you because you're you're probably I, right. I don't, I don't think with a four-team playoff, you're probably never going to get the four best because if you're looking at the four best, you probably have to put in Georgia. That's well, I mean, that's that's this is where where the argument so, starts right there. It's like yeah. if you truly it's perception though. I don't know. Georgia didn't have that good of a strength of schedule, right? You know, who did they beat that that was that good? Yes, talent wise, they have the most five stars. They have the best three year resume that you could find since Nebraska in the mid nineties. If, um, if talent was a if talent was but, a key indicator, then Nebraska should be a playoff team every year too. We have so much talent, but you know, no. I mean, it's, I'm just I'm it's ridiculous, Rob. But uh, <laughs> I'm not talking. Rob, are you, are you drunk already? No, um, I, I haven't um, drank in a week. All right, but 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 I'm, I'm saying I, I mean the criteria there is best. And to your point, Who's, right there, if, 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 if I mean if if their job was to say best, it's their um it's the committee's right to say, I perceive this team better. And Mm -hmm. in reality, it's typically based off of talent and past performance, not even Mm -hmm. seasonal performance. Whereas if I think what, I think why the people are so angry about this, including Robin Boomer, is that I think most college football fans actually don't actually want the four best. They would actually like to say, I want to see the four most deserving. And it's very hard for them to say, I don't think Florida State didn't deserve a chance to compete for a national title this year. So I, I want to kind of go back to, to Rob's point, or I, maybe it was you, David, where they, <laughs> they haven't, they haven't, they haven't, um, who have they beat, or, or Georgia, who have they beat? Um, they blew out Ole Miss, who was top 10 at the time. They they blew out a Kentucky I don't know if Ole Miss is that good talent, to be honest with you. But you, but you have to go off the rec. I mean, because in and this is where I maybe no, I don't. I it's my perception. My perception is no. almost isn't that good. Yeah, I mean, isn't this all perception? I mean, That's what we're yeah. talking about. And right? you've seen yeah. Georgia's non-con schedule, right? I mean, yeah, they played what UT I mean, Martin. Georgia only beat Georgia Tech by how much? I think it was eight. So eight. Had, yeah. Georgia Bush. Tech was horrible this year. Yeah, they were six and six. They were not good. And Jeff and, Sims last year at quarterback, for God's sakes. Yeah, as UT Martin, I mean, it's Ball perception. State, and UAB. We could go back and forth on this. I think it's it's tough because if you look at I, – I again, if if Bama loses that game, I would – I, I I don't even know if FSU still gets in necessarily because of the the Texas argument and stuff like that because you know they beat a, a Louisville team thirteen to six couldn't barely I think they got two first downs and six style points style points you know but they struggled to get with their third down. string quarterback but the that is my point right there so how if you they look would at have that their game, second team second string quarterback back. What if they lied about Jordan Travis's injury? Does anyone what if they, what if they made it look like he was going to be back for the playoffs? And Alabama then, playing Auburn the week before? It was just a lie. Needed just complete luck to win that game. And that was a bad Auburn team. Um, um Alabama um, played South Florida earlier this year. One what so, and they needed a last minute touchdown to win. They needed a, a touchdown of 30 seconds left to make that 17 to 3. That was yeah. a garbage touchdown. That was a 10 to 3 game. I mean, I, if we're talking style points. Everybody, no, 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 no. they got blown out by Texas yeah. at home. Yes, blown out. pushed around by Texas. Blown out to push and, Rob. And, and uh, Jaylen, they, they got pushed around. Though. Alabama Jaylen, never looked like they were going to win that game. To me, is Jalen Milrow a better quarterback now or back then? 
What, sure. what, what, it's, 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 but it's the season. It, September it, counts. So if we're going off for perception, apparently not, Dave. At, so yeah. if you're if you're looking at perception and things like that, I if you match up Alabama and Texas right now, I don't think Texas wins that game again. Not with how well, we, might find we may find out. Right, 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 right. But it's it's so tough. I'm bookmarking I, that tweet right there, telling. <laughs> And All if, right, if, so we've got an Alabama uh, supporter here, and and uh, and three FSU guys. I just think and I, I, all I would too, say though. is that that I guess, and we'll see what uh, the twelve team playoffs is going to solve this. We'd be arguing whether Florida State got jobbed because they didn't get a buy, opposed to having to have a home game versus the the twelve seed, which would be like SMU or something. Um, and and it, it's a, a whole different conversation next year, and maybe it, it's not that big. It's it's the legacy of the four-year team playoff is going to go down. Is that this committee felt like they uh, were was tasked to find the four best teams, and and they felt like they they had to put an Alabama in over Florida State. Dallin, to your point, um, if if it's just perception, you would put George. I think George is one of the four best teams out there. But I mean, that would have just caused more outrage. So they chose a middle ground, and they they put uh, Alabama in and, and figured they well, could and take I think the that's, Florida State. I think that's what pisses a lot of people off about this. You know, even if we're we can argue best you know team or whatever, I think everyone realizes they went in to their decision making process wanting to make sure Alabama got in, and then they had to justify everything else around it. You yeah, can see like how Texas many... got up to three. Right. Exactly. I mean, all all those teams were behind Florida State. You know, prior to this, and yeah, all the precedents they had to break to make this happen were kind of ridiculous. Like you'd mentioned, you, they should have dropped Florida five. State last week, the previous exactly. week. Yeah, you know, the quarterback's not any less hurt now yeah. than he was you know, was that week. There's no reason why Florida State was four in the previous week. Yeah, Makes they didn't no do sense. anything to say they should drop. They beat a Louisville team, like you said, with their third string quarterback. Held them to six points. I know. I know Kentucky beat Louisville the week before, but you know, apparently, like with Alabama and Auburn, rivalry in state games, or you throw the records out. But you know, they. I think Louisville still scored thirty-one points in that game. They have a good offense. Florida State was able to keep that in check and put themselves in a place to win that game, and that's what teams are supposed to do. I just think it's all the precedents they had to break, like you said, let uh, Power Five, you know, undefeated team not being allowed in. Moving not just one but two teams that were what sixth and seventh I think or were they seventh, seventh and eighth? eighth Alabama was eighth. But Boomer, there's yeah, a prime rib self serve bar in the lobby. <laughs> exactly, they had to hurry to get to that. <laughs> but they had to they had to jump two teams all that high in the playoff. And once they knew they had to put Alabama and they had to put Texas in, they were not gonna. The charade would have been completely destroyed. Had uh, they, I'm sorry, did anyone else see the Saturday Night Live skit? this weekend oh, yeah. on that like where that's what i was quoting dave was it's four guys and there's one guy that was like literally sitting here making boomers argument like this is complete bs you can't do this it's unprecedented everything making the logical argument and they're like come on man like we've already been over this there's no way we're leaving the sec out and they've got a prime rib bar out in the lobby at this hotel <laughs> we need it yeah like can we just and get out a, there and do you know, it they had a former sports illustrated writer who covered the baltimore orioles on the committee so yeah so oh, that's, that's, it had to be honest good know. yes that's but, a, they yeah, actually just, said that in the skit too all right well um we can talk about those for, forever but uh maybe this uh, will should transition to the we are going to a 12 team playoff next year and uh we've talked a lot about transfer portal and nil how that all comes together is uh the nca president uh what's his name boomer 
uh, was it uh, Barker? Is that his last name? Is it? It's Bob Charlie Barker. Barker. <laughs> no, is it Charlie? Charlie. Uh, Barker. Charlie Barker. That's right. I was trying to think what it was. Charlie Barker, the, the Birdman. Really? Wait a second. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, has a, a proposal out uh, sent out to all all the schools uh, that uh, that we should restructure uh, college football and NCA in general um, with a, a new division of uh, programs that are, have ability to set up a, a trust fund of sorts, yeah. I guess, to pay it's, players. It's not well, a new division. Yeah, it's, they're, right. They're it's like, it's like a subdivision. They're calling it a subdivision of, uh, of Division One schools. And their proposal, in a nutshell, is uh, essentially they're going to allow what they call high-resource programs. Anyone can join in on this. The schools have the opportunity. You know, we'll get to choose if they want to partake in this or not. But uh, to be in this subdivision, whatever you want to call it, division zero, division dollar sign, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> is uh, they have to, they'll start a trust for athletes, essentially. They have to put in a minimum of $30,000 per athlete. There's no maximum. There's no ceiling on what a team can put on this. And they have to be able to pay that to 50% of their athletes, 50% of which have to be earmarked towards female athletes to comply with Title IX. Mm-hmm. So that's the first part of it. And the details of how that trust gets paid out are kind of left up to the schools. Do you pay it out in one lump sum or every year or whatever, that sort of thing. Um, they're also proposing eliminating any, you know, the NIL contact with the universities that universities will be able to run NIL in house and they can make their own NIL deals with players. So they'll basically remove all those restrictions. And then the other big part of this, which, you know, I, I think kind of slipped under the radar, but really when you think about it, it's probably even more worrisome about it all, is that if you're in this subdivision, um, they'll be able to set their own rules in terms of scholarship limits and coaching size limits. If they even want limits, they could do away with those. And at the same time in all this, all these teams are still going to be part of Division One and competing with all the other schools that can't do this. So it's kind of a crazy scenario where you're really setting up the the haves and have nots in college football it's it, we can that's what we can call the divisions the haves and have essentially nots. that's what it is yeah there's going to be teams legend that, leaders haves and have nots and have nots essentially is what it is so they're all still going to be playing for the same the same championships but you'd be you'll have scenarios where some teams will you know have their 85 scholarship limits and you know x number of coaches that they can have and and each you'll be each playing other schools can... that'll have 150 kids on scholarship and 65 <coughs> coaches but... each team can opt in but yeah. but it's likely conference by conference that, well the, it's each, each school can make its own decision under this proposal so it, right. you could have teams within the same conference that can and can't do it but a Which, conference may also then choose, choose to reshuffle if they're like, hey, if you don't come along, we right. may not want yeah, to Which keep is you. a possibility in this. This could be a huge shakeup. You know, you combine this with the ACC teams getting pissed at the playoff, you could see a big yeah. shakeup. Yeah. This could be even more realigned. And then there's the question of the, the smaller, you know, conferences. There might be a few of the, you know, the MAC type schools or AACs that could afford this. You know, like an SMU has money. They got yeah. boosters at the yin yang that could do this. Well, but, they're they're moving anyway. Well, they're moving in anyway. But you know those smaller schools that could do rice this, but, or whatever. Yeah, right, so yeah, can rice do this? The hell would Northwestern even do this? I don't know. I mean, yeah. No, granted, they're blowing right. eight hundred million on the new stadium complex or whatever, so maybe Supposedly. they would do this. But you know, is it Rutgers? I don't know. You know, a school like that, I don't have any idea. Now, you know. I'll ask this Boomer, then I'll throw it open to to Talon or, or Rob, um, whoever wants to jump on first. But is is it? Fair to say, this is an NCA proposal. Is it is it possible that there is going to be a competing proposal by 
another group of, of teams that maybe think it's a, a different approach? Or do you think this is kind of like it and it will get refined? I don't care, man. Can we just play football? Uh, like, Boomer, do you, I mean, I, I was actually actually think Boomer might have the best answer. Then, then Rob, you can tell me that you don't care. Well, I, I think this is, you know, people always like to, you know, attack the NCAA because they do make stupid decisions and do dumb things. But ultimately, it is an organization run by the schools. I mean, if you pull up their board of directors, it's yep, got, that's right. you know, everybody on there is, you know, member of the school was a, you know. Somebody on a school or a student athlete. I think the president of Georgia's on there, you know, on the committee right now. You know, uh, President of Baylor, I think, is on there. So anything that the NCAA does come up with is ultimately, you know, an idea and a proposal by the schools in some way, shape, or form. I don't think right. the NCAA proposed this just out of whole cloth. You know, you see some people saying, oh, they're just doing this to try to keep football money in there. And well, you know, maybe they are, but. I, th I think a lot of times schools use the NCAA as kind of convenient shield to sure, pitch unpopular sure. ideas and take the blame for a lot of things that go that go wrong in sports. And I think this is another one of those scenarios. And this may be just a proposal. You know, you're not going to pitch this if you're the if you're a MAC team or anything like that. This isn't one of your ideas. This is definitely something that I think came from you know Power Five type schools. Just an idea like this. I, you know, we've heard Trev Alberts talk about this. You know, many times where he's talked about they're they've been planning for NIL to go in house at Nebraska. I mean, that's been something they've been planning for for years. So this is not something that just came out of the blue. I think for most of the most of the athletic directors out there. So I think they've been talking about this and planning about it. And so I think this is probably like a test run, kind of a see how everyone reacts to this. And you know, if, if there's schools in the NCAA that refuse to do this, aren't going to do this, I think you might. This might be the opportunity that those schools will take to break away from the NCAA and form their own thing. I think ultimately is what might come of this. That's that's just my opinion on this. I don't have any hard mm -hmm. evidence to back it up. I think it's what this is, kind of a test run to see how the rest of the sport reacts to it. And you, you'll see the Habs use this as a chance to break away and start their own thing. So. Yeah. Well, I already know Rob's opinion. So, Talon, what, what, are, your, what are your thoughts? No, I, I completely agree with Boomer. I think – we're heading to where we're probably not, or some teams are going to stay in the NCAA and some, a lot of teams are going to leave the NCAA. I think that's kind of where we're, we're heading in the next bit, 10, 15 years, maybe even sooner, you know, where we're right. going to break we're away from it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I think there, and, and it's, it, I like what Boomer said is it, it's the schools doing it, but I think this was kind of like, like a test run, like you said, but I, I think we are going to have an NCAA list, football um maybe even more sports um but yeah it's uh, the ncaa makes a lot of bad decisions i think they've proven it over and over again <laughs> it's it's it hasn't been great for a long time and i think with nil and all the money that's coming in into sports now i think that that's just where we're headed so i completely agree with what, what boomer's saying I mean, maybe I missed this in your explanation, Boomer, but like if they did actually break away, if let's say this proposal doesn't work and they do something else, uh, what happens to the other other sports in that sense, right? Because, I mean, you have the NCAA basketball tournament and all these other sports. Right. I mean, it, that, again, that, that's, that's a, where everything blows up, right? I mean, right. That's, and that's a possibility, too. Do they just try to move football outside of this? Yeah. You could. I mean, it feels like this is almost a. To your point of like uh, this being a, a test, right? You know, it's right. like a lip balloon here. It's like it kind of a, does allow football. The only thing it's missing is the separate championship, right? You right. know, 
I've, I've made the argument that I feel like if you did have the haves and the have-nots, whatever you want to call it, right, that, I mean, I think even though it it wouldn't be as big, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine that. I mean, considering the appetite we have for college football and football in general, that people wouldn't watch a, a playoff that is made up of, of teams from from the Mountain West and Conference USA and et cetera. I mean, I, I'd be be intrigued to see Colorado State trying to win a national championship at a just a slightly lower level. Um, it's it's not like FCS, you know. I mean, the, these these schools have huge profiles, well known, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, mascots, all those type of things where people like know know these teams, Boise State, all that type of stuff. And if they don't want to don't want to pay the, the the money to to do what um, we're talking about with the Big Ten and the SEC. Or can't pay um, the money. I think a lot of these cases. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, I, I, I still think I, I still think that. there's there's a market for that in in a, a TV contract that could could actually be you know lucrative for them. But um, yeah, it, it's possible. But I, you know there is you know there is a prestige hit that goes with that. I mean, we see what's happening to like Oregon State and Washington State right now. You know, getting yeah, yeah. And I, I hear you. I'm not saying it's perfect, clear, you know, and I, I wouldn't want to go down to it. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying like. For goodness sakes, we watch a bunch of FCS playoff games now. Like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we were not watching the FCS playoffs. Now we do. True. Right? Yeah, there is that. Well, that's just because ESPN Plus, right? I mean, well, true. That helps too that we've got it all on different streaming services. But yeah, it's it's just going to be interesting to see where this goes. I think, I don't think this is tenable. This is one of those things that if they actually did this, you know, there'd be so many internal contradictions with college football because it doesn't make sense how you could have the haves playing the have nots in this case. I mean, you'd be, it's such an imbalance. It's, it's basically like you, if you're playing the, like your normal schedule, like the sec does where you play, you know, an FCS team and a couple of group of five teams and maybe one more in your non-con, you might as well be playing all FCS schools at that point. You're going to be so overwhelming in terms of resources, scholarships, coaches, that you're not really playing on the same field anymore. So yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just that, and that's one of the worst parts about this this proposal. Well, and, I don't, so, and even with like realignment in the next couple of years, who's to say we're even going to be seeing those have and have nots play, even if they're in the NCAA, with how schedules are going to be, and and you know flight schedules and things like that, and how big conferences are going to get. You know, who knows? You know, if the ACC is going to stay afloat for however long. You know, I know there's talks of these big schools. Yeah, Florida maybe Trump- State's out, right? Right. No, they like to get out today if they could. I'm sure. You know, you so, know. I mean, how who's to say that? You know, there's only going to not going to be three super conferences, and at that point, you're not even going to have enough or enough room to schedule those those lower those lower uh, those lower conferences. So, I would, I think it's going to probably be how it's going to be, and I, I, I mean. Who really? I think most people like watching those games because they like to see their team get warm ups and, and things like that. But are they really excited to watch those games necessarily with the blowouts that kind of happen from them most of the time? Yeah, yeah. It's just so. a different, different. Um, I don't know if it's a, it's a it's a it's a different game, but it's a different mentality yeah. of I'm trying to go undefeated, um, which we still have that built into college football to where. Uh, well, not anymore. Days, so that's okay too. They blew that up too. So, that's right. You know. that's right. That's right. Well, next year well, it doesn't I, matter. Next I do want to. Doesn't really matter. I do want to bring this up. I don't know if we we had this up earlier or not, but uh, producer Skip had this great great comment where he's like, "If these committees are so smart at projecting the order of all the best teams, 
then why has the number one team only won the playoff three times? That's a great point, Skip. Yep. I mean, clearly, um, the number one seed is not won every single year. So apparently they don't actually know who the best team is, even with the four they choose, right? No one's saying the committee's smart. They should have started from an 18 playoff or a 12 team playoff from from the very start yeah, well, of it. The I committee mean, wasn't wasn't given that option. Yeah, that right? was they no, 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 no. They were handled football being moronic. Like they have no, I'm, not, I'm just saying, you know, it, it from yeah. the very start of this, it should have been eight to twelve teams because with four teams in, you're you're always going to leave out possibly. Really yeah, yeah you're teams, always going to leave yeah. one power conference out, and it's yeah, strange how they couldn't make that work. You know, with so many so many years, you know, four slots for five power schools plus everyone else. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, well, now we only this, have four four power five five schools, and we still. No, we still can't make it work. Or now we'll change the yeah. Well, and like this has been such a, and I think with NIL and things like that and the transfer portal, this has been really the only year where there's been this much controversy over what's going on because the last couple of years, it really didn't matter who, maybe last year was a little different, but I mean, in years past, it really hasn't mattered who's going to get in because there's only, we've all known there's only going to be two teams that are even have a shot at winning a national championship, whether whether there's other teams getting in or not. And I think they just kind of got lucky the last few years too that you haven't had these kind of scenarios pop up right. more than they have. I mean, yeah, they've yeah. very they've lucked easy. out a lot previously, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's just I yeah, think this, now we're we're at the most level playing field we've ever been at through all these conferences is is really what's going on, and and you can pick hairs and you can and maybe the resume isn't great and and games you you know it's tough to decide. I'm with you guys. I I would have I wouldn't have like been upset with FSU being in at all. I would have completely understood if they put FSU in. I just think with what Bama done, you know, at the end of the year, beating Georgia and things like that, it's it would have been very difficult to keep them out of that. And and with the Auburn argument, I mean everyone played someone close this year. So that was about as everyone close as you could play won a on a fourth and third right, one. Right, right. Yeah, they should have lost. First defensive call ever in the history of college football. I mean, how do you rush on a fourth and thirty-one? My God, you, you rush, rush two with a 31. with a spy. Yeah, yeah. It Just makes rush no four. Sense. That's all you need to do. You know, it would have been done. Or if, if you're going to play a spy at that point, why not just take that guy completely out of out of that situation and put him in the back? Well, just in case the quarterback ran for 31 yards, I guess. I don't know what they were thinking, but who the hell knows? I mean, if, <laughs> if, if, if your quarterback's running for th- – if you're letting a quarterback run for 31 yards for a touchdown with nine guys – eight guys back there, you, you should have lost the game anyway. Just pretty like, much, yeah. You know, yeah. so. Pretty much the case. Yeah. We could pick hairs all day. I mean, right. it's it's a tough situation. And, and again, I think – I mean, it's really Florida, not. Florida State was undefeated. So, <laughs> yeah, they really it had to out in the world. It's really I mean, not that. It's it really was, not that I mean, it, it was it wasn't You had a head-to-head matchup between your other two choices. That was yeah. so easy, and they couldn't Florida, do it. Florida State, Florida State was undefeated. The should not right, have there there would have yeah. still been a revolt if Alabama yeah. didn't get in. Well, yeah, but look what happened the last time Alabama yeah, revolted. Yeah, but screw the SEC. How many conferences do you know where they're just like? Yeah, I mean, that's – thank you, Dave. You made, yeah, that's really what it is. All right, SEC would have been pissed off, and and we would would be like, hey, this is great. Finally, a no, non. What are they? What are they going to do? Playoff. Play two non-conference games at the end of the season? Yeah, let's schedule another FCS team in November. That'll show yeah. us. You know, I mean, so did FSU go. though. They played North oh, Alabama. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's true. 
Uh, all right, guys. Anything else on this? We, uh, to, to the talent's point, we could talk about it all night, but it's probably not a very productive podcast. Uh, you guys want to just randomly talk about bowl season a little bit, even though Nebraska no. isn't in it? No. The so Rob yeah, is it's... down on the bowl season. Yep. Yeah, has to be excited about the Cheez-It Bowl and all the random. Maybe the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I just want to see a coach get a big can of mayonnaise dumped on his head but other than that i mean well there's some great there's some great bowl names this year i mean you got what the avocados from mexico cure bowl the mm, mm-hmm. the starco brands la bowl hosted by gronk that's a that's one i particularly hosted enjoy. by I, gronk yeah no yeah, gronk is like he had some sort of sponsorship it, yeah. deal with the bowl wow exactly so yeah you threw that one in there yeah there's there's some great ones this year yeah military bowl presented by GoBowling.com. you know that's always a good one yeah so well, and the Pop Tarts Bowl, as producer Skip mentioned earlier, so that's a fun one. And you know, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. It's not not Frosted Flakes. It's just it's just the mascot. So, yeah, yeah, uh, I love the Sun Bowl. Let me so ask one question. That. Let me ask one question. If sure. if FSU FSU Georgia play, and if FSU gets completely blown out by Georgia in the bowl game, is there a different argument to be made that maybe no, Alabama should have been put in? No, because just because it's bowl season and transfers and all that stuff. Well, and well, no, just like I if mean, the SEC I, loses, they just didn't want to be there. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, sure. I mean it, it might happen. There, I mean, Georgia's a two-touchdown two favorite, right? But, I mean, again, perception-wise, Georgia would be favored against all the other teams, including Alabama, right. in right. in the playoff. Right now, Georgia, right. Vegas would put them a favorite against all four of those teams. Right. Right? I mean – also, Washington was a nine and a half point dog to Oregon last Friday night, and they're like, "F you guys, we're, we're not right." right. And so I, I just don't know, right? I mean, in it, in every circumstance is different, right? Florida State versus Michigan, maybe Florida State can, uh, you know, defense can actually hang with them. I think we've got one of these. I think uh, Vegas Jerry mentioned this actually. I think Florida, he says Florida State defense would give Michigan offense all they could handle, and then we might have a situation where Florida State's in the championship game. And it's it's all Washington, Texas, and I, I don't know, right? You know, I mean, it, it it's deserving versus best. I can clearly see where you're telling me the Florida State um, minus Jordan Travis isn't isn't one of the four best teams right now. Per, but it's it, it's it's half right. improved on the field. And I think our point about deserving is that Florida State did everything they were supposed to do, so they had the chance to prove, even with a backup quarterback, that they could compete for a national title. And that committee decided they knew better, right? That, mm-hmm. That's how we see it. Um, I can I can see you guys' way. It makes sense. I mean, either way you look at it, it I, I I completely agree with what you guys are saying. And, and FSU is probably the most one of the most deserving teams. And and you could even say maybe they probably a top seven seven eight team in the country, no matter who's playing quarterback for them with the defense they have. So I completely understand it's. I think from the very get-go, the playoff has been like what Boomer was saying. They've they've gotten off easy probably. Well, this has been going on 10, 11 years now, and they've gotten off easy maybe 9 out of 10, 9 out of 11 times, yeah. 9 out of 10 times. So we haven't seen anything like this. And and maybe if it was, you know, the years were different. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I would have been a yeah, if we're just booking this stuff for entertaining value on TV, it might as well just become pro wrestling. So that's that's what we're doing at that point. So booking for <laughs> well, and that's and that's what makes it tough is maybe if the playoffs the last seven years have been more competitive. Besides last year, maybe it's a different result. But when you see these teams getting blown out, it, I'm sure it makes it difficult for that committee to 
you know, do. Yeah. I mean, last year's semifinal games were great. Yeah. yeah. Right. It was just the championship game that ended it. But then semifinals were all time classics. I mean, they were awesome. Um, yeah, they so, were one of the best, probably the best yeah. playoff semifinals we've had. Yep. Um, all right. Yeah. So we, let's, let's, we'll save the Bulls for some other time, if at all. But um, I'm, I'm just, I just happened to look at the Big Ten Bulls really quick for the heck of it. First one on there was Missouri versus Ohio State. That opened up at, at uh, Ohio State minus six and a half. Mm-hmm. It is now Missouri minus one and a half. So Kyle McCord is worth eight points yeah. because McCord left. Yep. It's worth eight points to Ohio State. So that's I think that's a fair thing, thing too, because Missouri is not a bad team this year and they can score. Great defense. Great right? defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, Wisconsin LSU, LSU's favored by 10. I probably would take yeah. that. Uh oh. Tennessee, Iowa. Uh Tennessee's eight and a half. Over under is at 36. It actually moved up at 36 and a half. Wow. When's the last it's time an fun- Iowa over under has been that high? Yeah. That's the rabbit and the hare, right? Can yeah. Tennessee score at all? Can Iowa score at all? I have no idea. That's a better question. Michigan is favored by one and a half versus Alabama. Uh, Utah yep. Northwestern. Utah is favored by seven. Yeah. Minnesota is favored by three and a half versus Bowling Green. It's a revenge the game for them, isn't it? Didn't they lose to Bowling Green mm-hmm. last year or year before? Ooh, so. that sounds right. Uh, Miami's favorite over records by a couple points. Penn State favored over Ole Miss by three and a half. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, I'll be curious to watch um, that one. Penn State favored over yeah. Maryland by a couple. So yeah, so a a lot of dog games for the Big Ten this year. So we'll see how they do. So. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, that's not atypical for Big Ten bowl matchups, considering we no, typically put um, a team in the playoff plus a New Year's Six. And then everybody gets so. slotted higher than what they really uh, should be at. So, yeah, and then Minnesota gets in at five and seven. So, yep. and I think Rob all right, guys. Um, this year, so. Boomer, uh, run of show. Did I forget anything? No, I think that was pretty much what, what we had. I don't in think mind we to want to talk about Nebraska basketball yet. We're going to no, talk about them well, when they let's go win. Another game. Yeah, we're just going to pretend that last game didn't happen and move on from it. Look, it so. doesn't. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Uh, wow. Well, you know, they, they've beaten Creighton before and didn't go to the tournament. So let's not worry about yeah, exactly. that. They need to go beat Minnesota uh, tomorrow night uh, up uh, at the barn and then um, get going, right? So they've got um, other Power 5 wins out there um, here in the month of December that are, are still still attainable. So let's, let's focus on that. Producer Skip can enjoy his 13th ranked undefeated Colorado State Rams, um, who did beat Creighton handily. Um, and, um, we can be jealous of them. So, all right, guys, you're about, you got, where are we? Anything else? We're ready. I think we're good. Let's, uh, get out of here with some parting shots and I will go with, uh, let's go with Rob. Well, I mean, my parting shot is that I think you guys all know how I feel about this, uh, college football playoff. I'm honestly not even excited to watch it after that, which sounds really stupid, but in some ways it just feels like a giant sham to me. And and I mean, I probably will watch it, but it just, it feels like a sham. It feels like we're not really getting what we should be getting there. We're getting what like a bunch of people in a room assumed would be the best thing. And we all know what they say about assumptions. It just makes an ass out of UNM. So, well, I can't wait till we have this argument next year about uh, the 12th seeded team. And the well, it's going to be Nebraska. So, 
Hey, if we can get in, we I'll, I'll, I'll see Rob. Jeez, that's that's all you think of him next year. So. <laughs> I mean, not drinking enough Kool Aid. You that's know, right. It's, uh, that's right. Well, well, know, once Kyle McCord's on the roster, and we start seven and zero. Yeah, we can start talking then. All right. That's right. <laughs> I'm all still right. I'm still hurting a little bit over those last four games. So I'm. We all are, Rob. Yeah, we, we all are. are. We all so, are. You know. Yep. So, all right, Talon, what make, It's my parting shot. Okay. Well, Rob, are you done with it? It's been going on for three minutes. Well, hockey's <laughs> not here. Somebody has to take his place. Okay. Well, you've done done your dude. <laughs> you, you've done it uh, uh, successfully. Talon, what do you got? Um, parting shot. I'm just hoping for a Michigan Washington matchup in the national championship game. That would be fun. I think it'd be awesome. I'll take Washington when they're not natty, but I don't think they'll beat Michigan. So it is amazing that we've got two Big Ten teams essentially next year, two Big Ten versus two SECs in this this final four. And you look at the the top top fifteen is just loaded with uh, future Big Ten or existing Big Ten SEC teams. I mean, it is is dominated by those two conferences, and that is the future, right? I mean, yeah, the that's SEC not change. I don't think. Yeah, there's no, that's you, why you got to get out of the ACC. I think if you're FSU you can, or Clemson or Miami, you can consider it a four uh, a power four, but really, it's it's going to come down to the SEC and Big Ten by most years. Most so, years, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yep. They're loaded with talent and the teams they got. It's it's going to be difficult to compete with those two conferences, but yeah, I'll take a. I'm I'm praying for a Washington national title. All right, all right. It'd be fun to see a West Coast national champion, right? You know, it's been a while. It's been a while. And Kalen DeBoer is from Sioux Falls, and um, was a Husker fan when he was a kid. So you know, um, look at that, Boomer. Let's get get us out of here. Well, not much else to add. I think we covered a lot of ground today. Just want to remind everyone that. Uh, College volleyball is actually going to be on an actual network, you know, on Thursday. So everyone can enjoy that. I mean, granted, they have Nebraska playing at 1 p.m. on a Thursday, but I guess beggars can't be choosers. With the Take way off from work. Yeah, so just call in sick. Just, you know, your boss is probably not listening to the show anyway, so just go ahead. Are you watching the game too? Yeah, it's, my, it's bo- my boss is in Omaha, and he's a Exactly, fan, and it's the so, cold and flu yeah. season, so they'll, they'll believe it. So just go ahead True. and, you know, take the day off and just tell them the Redcast that it was okay, so. Working so that'll be on ESPN two, and that'll be nice to see. And uh, yeah, everything's looking good, and let's uh, keep that volleyball rolling. So go big red there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, uh, great stuff. That was a, a fun show, spirited conversation. Uh, appreciate um, everyone's pers- perspectives, except for Rob. I really didn't really appreciate anything he brought to the show, but you know that's. You guys agree with each other a ton. You guys agreed with each other a ton. So hey, <laughs> well, there's, there's, I mean, there's progress guess, going on here. I guess I guess that's where you could say is that's why Dave's the host is because he doesn't bring much to the show. So. <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> it's not that's not my role on the show, Rob. Uh, all right, guys, enjoyed it. Um, Rob, I'm looking forward to your show next week with Rex Burkhead. It should be awesome. Yes, yeah, send me and, your questions, um, listeners, and I'd be more than happy to uh, ignore them. I mean, ask them for you. <laughs> That's right. And uh, we'll see if we have another Redcast after that before we hit the holidays. Uh, but for now, let's call that another Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red.
a Heard at Sports Network production. All right. You guys have a good night.